Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Turn to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. 133 in Edmonton. Texter here suggesting that the Oilers give Ryan McLeod the loot because he's been incredible through the first few games here this season. It is the final half hour of Oilers now, and it's time for you and I to break it down. Let's open the phone lines, 780-496-0063. Have some thoughts on the officiating last night. Uh, just, you know, be reasonable about things, of course, but I do want to have a little vent session because 17 minor penalties calls for a little bit of a vent session, and that's okay okay from time to time as long as we also allow for some time to be pragmatic and realize that the NHL does have a job to do and whether we agree or disagree with the statement they released hint I disagree uh, they still have a job to do they did it last night it is what it is uh, a couple texts here um, actually before we get to it let's hear what both Evander Kane and uh, and Jay Woodcroft had to say about this this no goal and I know we're leaning into it a little bit harder than uh, maybe is necessary because the Oilers won the game last night but again it was a pretty significant storyline and I think they just were not accurate so here we go with Kane and Jay Woodcroft on what they saw on that no goal I think there was a point shot um, that I was in front of the net out of the crease on. Uh, I kind of got uh, pitchforked into the goalie and I was trying to avoid him, obviously. Um, got up uh, with the help of their defenseman pulling me up. And then I went around the outside of the defenseman. There was another shot that came in, uh, saw the rebound, and I think he made the initial save. And then he, I got the rebound and he tried to stick his pad out and put in the net. And, all I can do is play until I hear a whistle. The way I saw it was, um, you know, it was called a goal on the ice, uh, and then the scrum came together, and then it was called a uh, no goal. Um, we thought that uh, the goaltender had time after our player was pushed into the goaltender. We thought the goaltender had time to reset. He made a save, and um, it was my call to make uh, whether to challenge. I thought it was worth the risk. I thought it was a good goal, and uh, it didn't go our way. That's the way it goes. 
again, they won the game, so we can wash our hands clean of this. We could have said nothing of it today, but it was a pretty significant call that had a lot of feathers ruffled. The NHL's explanation as to why this ended up being a good goal stems from the fact that even though it's very clear to see that the, it was ruled a goal by the official standing half a foot away from the net, Upon a huddle uh, with the two linesmen and the back official, they determined the call on the ice was no goal. That reminds me way too much of the fail Mary, I believe it's called. When you've got one official in the end zone between the uh, the Seahawks and, and Green Bay Packers, you've got one official in the end zone with his hands in the air for a touchdown, and you've got the other official standing right over the play waving it off. I just, uh, to me, man, that is not the, the, the call of the back official. You are 75 to 100 feet away from the play. I don't think that this is where you overrule the guy that's standing two feet away. That's where I stand on this. Let's open up the phone lines with Nick on line number one. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for taking my call, buddy. Absolutely. Uh, let it rip. What's on your mind here? I couldn't agree with you more. I was confused. Like, initially when it all happened, I was like, oh, great, it's going to be goaltender interference. But then you watch it, like, what can Kane do? He's getting lifted up out of the air onto a goalie, and the goalie had sufficient time to get back up and made the initial save, and then he puts it in. I think right now, in the last few years, I'm probably 0 for 40 when it comes to <laughs> goaltender interference calls. I seem to always get it wrong. So whenever I say I think it's a good goal, I just know it's going to come back. <laughs> but I don't really know what Kane could have done to prevent that entire situation. Like, the guy got lifted up into a goalie. Um, but as for the game itself, yeah, I think Carlos just going to burn that tape. But whenever you see a dirty game like that that's just got that many penalties, I know for a fact our boys are coming out on top. Emotional games like that, I always trust our guys to come out on top. So it was a fun game to watch, but uh, we won't make a habit of uh, having too many games like that. Yeah, no kidding. Appreciate the call, Nick. That's that's great stuff. And that's, that's the point that I made earlier in the show as well, is that if, if, if Andrew Kane is getting, you know, sort of ridden by the stick of, of Seth Jones, which he was, up into the goaltender, then why is that not a penalty on Seth Jones? Jones rather than the Oilers having to use a challenge that's another thing you could let me know about would you have challenged that play by the way would love to know that Brian you're on line number two how's it going today hey good how are you today excellent appreciate the call what do you want to say yeah um well a couple things I think the Oilers um played a little bit into Chicago's uh in, into Chicago style of game, a lot of penalties, emotion. You know, their, their defensemen were cross-checking our players in front of the net. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's, it's got to be a lesson for us in some ways that you know we got to we got to try to keep our cool in some of these uh, in some in, you know these situations. But the uh, the the uh, the goalie interference thing, um, totally agree with you. Um, what where what was Kane supposed to do? I mean, if if you look at it, th there was absolutely nothing that Kane did to fall on that goalie. I mean, it was it, it was Jones that that you know got a stick underneath him and pushed him right into the goalie. Mm -hmm. But yeah. uh, it, it it it's really hard to know, you know, not nowadays what the heck a penalty is anymore. I I, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think? Yeah, it's tough, and I appreciate the call, Brian. And I think what makes it tough is because we get to sit there and watch the replay three or four times over and make our own determination. Um, 
you know, it's easy for us to criticize officials in this day and age. Now, in that circumstance last night, they obviously had plenty of time to have uh, a conversation about it amongst the officials. They went to video review through the commercial break, came back, and it was still being discussed with Toronto. So they went high and low through the footage of this. What really grinds me is I, I just don't know that I've ever seen a back official like that change the call from goal to no goal, overriding the view slash opinion of the official standing two feet away from the net. That one really eats at me. John, you're on line number three. How's it going today? I'm doing great. Excellent. I'm, I'm being a bit facetious with this comment, but please explain to me how the Ryan Kessler 07 goal was a goal if this is not. Yeah, and listen, man, this is a question that I've seen all over the internet this morning, and it's because it's those judgment calls, you know, this is one where there's so much gray area over it. Yeah, you could probably categorize it the same. Now, are you going to beat your head against a wall doing that? Yes. Frustrating as can be. We can consider ourselves fortunate, John, that this not only did not result in a loss, though it could have, but also didn't come in game 81 or two of the season or perhaps even later. I think we need to see a better standard of officiating set prior to the start of, of playoff hockey or, or the playoff chase because, you know, again, there, there was most of that second period, and you'll hear the players in, their, in the post-game comments, nobody wants to spend 15 of 20 minutes playing special teams hockey, right? Especially not when the call on the ice probably didn't need to be made because you ended up with, I mean, we saw a double minor for cross-checking there where Chicago somehow didn't end up taking a penalty, whether it was Kara or McCabe or anybody. It was just Kane for four minutes. So there was some decisions made in that realm of the gray area, the judgment call for the refs, that were outside of that last night that I just think need some cleaning up, simply put. Absolutely. Thanks for the uh, clarification. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Thanks for the call, John. We'll go to Will here on line number four. Will, you're on with Brendan. How you doing, Brendan? Excellent. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I just thought uh, the officiating, I guess the all in all, they missed the boat on uh, a lot of calls and it kind of got out of hand. And I guess that's on the officiating. But uh, they, on Kane's uh, situation there, the goal that was disallowed, the the ref that was standing close to the net he signaled the goal, and then the, the guy, the other official at the blue line or whatever, had uh, signaled another goal. So I'm not too sure how that happens, but I think the the onus, I guess, or who decides that if it's a, a legit goal or not. But I think um, more of the weight should be on the the ref that signaled the goal, who was standing close there, right? So I'm just wondering if. They don't have that uh, that last say, or how does that get overturned? It's kind of uh, confusing, to say the least. But all in all, uh, I think the officiating just had a, uh, a bad night, I guess, and they're allowed that, I guess. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Will. And I agree with that. And I, and would I categorize it as a bad night? No. What I would say instead is that they had their stamp 
all over the game to the effect of 17 minor penalties. Um, you don't want a situation where any official is, is in that involved in a game, be it the result of undisciplined play by the players. And there was plenty of that last night, too. Again, Evander Kane with a couple of cross checks there, took the unsportsmanlike penalty. Chicago, uh, Caleb Jones had a horrendous tripping penalty that it, it was just a bit sloppy at times. But um, deferring to the back official is something that I just don't think I've I, I don't have a, a point of reference off the top of my head for it so when I see the league's explanation I'll read this to you again after originally signaling a goal the on-ice officials huddled and changed their call to no goal video review supported the call on the ice that the actions of Edmonton's Evander Kane impaired the ability of Chicago goaltender Alex Stalock to play his position so not only do I disagree with that final statement because Stalock was able to drop down and make that save but I also don't think that their call on the ice should have been overturned in the first place because that allows you to then agree with the call on the ice you need supportive evidence to overturn it if the call on the ice was a goal in the first place then they would have had to have proven goaltender interference which i think they would have had a hard time doing that's what i think about that casey you're on line number six thanks for calling in hello so i just wanted to say that uh like one of the things is like the goal judge his main job is to determine whether or not it's a goal not so much like watch the players and the back referee's job is more to watch the players so after the first guy said it was a goal, it really is up to the back referee to say whether or not there was an issue with the players. Um, and he determined that, like, Kane fell pretty easily into the goalie. Not saying he wasn't pushed, but just he went in super easy. Um, as being as strong a player as he is, like, he went down super easy, and the back that was the back referee's decision. And it sucks, but, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Um, and Woody probably shouldn't have challenged. Like, it, it, you know, it cost us, but we wind up winning the game, so it'll all be in the past. Exactly. Like uh, another caller said, just burn the tape at this point. But I appreciate that insight, Casey, and I wonder whether um, it was Chris Rooney working the game last night with uh, John McIsaac. And I know Chris Rooney is a veteran official, so I, I'd have to look at it again if it was McIsaac making that call at the net and Rooney saying something from behind. I might have to defer to Chris Rooney in that circumstance as well, just as food for thought. Calls keep rolling in, 780-496-0063. Let's go to Dylan. You're on with Brendan. How's it going, Dylan? Hey, I'm good, Brendan. How are you? Excellent, thanks. What's up? Hey, I just, I, I haven't heard this been spoken a lot about, but I, I, as much as I love the guy, we, we can't pretend we don't know what kind of a player Vander Kane is. Like, he, he kind of fell a little easy. Like, that play didn't look like, yeah, he got pushed, but he he went down a little easy and kind of sold it a little bit. Do I think it should have been a goal? Yes, I, I, I still think it should have been a goal. The goalie made the save after, but the NHL will NHL, you know? And only... <laughs> Only in Edmonton will will we sit here and com complain about uh, a no goal call when we won the game. Well, uh, you know <laughs> what else would we talk about, Dylan, on this right. show for two hours yeah. if that kind of thing <laughs> didn't happen? Exactly. No, and, and you're exactly right. And this is where I think Kane's reputation maybe had something to do with the decision that there was intent in that circumstance. Because to me, on the replay, Seth Jones was really digging in there with the stick, like he would have uprooted most players in front of the net. So I, I think Kane was. Fun. 
falling down, but do I have a sneaking suspicion there was gamesmanship there? Uh, I agree with you, Dylan. We all know Evander Kane as well. I appreciate the call, man. Thanks, man. Okay, let's go to Cam. Let's keep it rolling. Cam, you're on line three. How's it going? Hey, Brandon. Not too bad, not too bad. Just two things, and you kind of stole my thunder already talking about it, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, why not allow allow the column ice to stand goal and then let Chicago challenge it? Like I I feel like they didn't even want to risk Chicago going up going on a penalty afterwards because they didn't they didn't want to prove it that it wasn't a, that it was a good goal, right? I I think they should have just kept the column ice as goal and let Chicago challenge it as easy as that. Yeah, I, I really agree with that, Cam, actually. That's a, it's a good point, and, and there's where we see that gray area, that judgment call. It's the referee has to make a decision one way or the other. One of these teams is going to be very frustrated. It's either us here on Oilers Now today, or it's Chicago Blackhawks Now today having this same conversation, frustrated about why they had to burn a challenge, for example. So, uh, again, this is where I think that Evander Kane's reputation probably ended up... Um, factoring larger into the referee's mind than Edmonton fans would have liked. But when you've got a guy that can go in there and, and sort of roll with the punches, literally, and dish a lot of them out in his own, that is the good and the bad of having an Evander Kane. He's a lot more productive offensively than Zach Cassian is, and Cassian used to get all the, well, not the benefit of the doubt of those calls too. So there's something to consider as well. Nick, you're on the air. What's going on, man? Hey, um, with that call last night, well, okay, that's fine. The Oilers won the game. But I still, like your previous caller, I still have nightmares over Ryan Kessler there where they called it a good goal. Come playoff time, I'm very worried that the Oilers don't get the benefit of the doubt. I look at Kale McCarr's offside goal in game one. Edmonton wouldn't have won the series, but still. This is something I worry about moving forward in the playoffs. Yeah, well, yeah, I agree with you, Nick, in the sense that the standard of officiating, it would be nice to know what we can expect moving into the playoffs in the deeper part of the season. I think Jay Woodcroft even said, because the Oilers are, are quite a penalized team through the first eight games for them, Woodcroft said there's, there's a certain learning period taking place right now as to how the NHL is calling some of these games. But, you know, in reality, it's, it's, it's just a lot of penalties and I know I know why people are worried about that happening again at a more crucial juncture because we saw it happen in 2017. Difference is the Oilers are a lot more veteran this time. It means fortitude and it means probably more respect from the officials. Let's press pause. I got a couple of you still on the switchboard there. We'll get to you after one last break here on Oilers Now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Mind you, the Japanese Village is Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. You can reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. I'll let you know as well, the boys down at Brent Ridge did such a good job selling their trucks and SUVs that they're now in need of some more. Can you help them out? Why not trade in your vehicle for an upgrade or even sell it to them outright? Whatever's best for you. Remember, the 2023 order bank is open for F-150s and SUVs as well. Go see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford truck authority on the auto mile in Wetaskiwin. Uh, we're right up against the clock. One more quick call here, Chris. You've been holding on so patiently. I want to sneak you in. You got about a minute and a half. What's on your mind? So I'm going to solve your repping ref, issues right from the grass <laughs> Let's do it. levels. You're going to remove. You're going to keep the linesman on the ice. You're going to remove the refs from the ice and put them in soundproof booths so the crowd or the players can't get inside their head. <laughs> and the grass. No, we're breaking up, Chris. Put them in. The game is too fast. They see Sidney Crosby play against the game. The game is trying to. We're going to park your call, Chris, because you're cutting up. I think I hear what you're saying, and that is the speed of the game is too fast now for them to officiate at ice level. I'm pretty sure that's the point that Chris is trying to make. So keep the linesmen out there. Call icings, call offsides. But maybe we have an eye in the sky that has a little more say in these situations. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I don't hate that idea there from Chris. Nick, Lonnie, I appreciate you guys calling in. I won't have time for you today. we got to wrap things up. Thank you very much to everybody who did call in. Uh, let's go to this day in Oilers history. It's brought to you by New West Travel. This January, you can join Oilers now on a three-night road trip trip to Las Vegas to see the Oilers play the Golden Knights. Call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. We'll go back to 1985. Glenn Anderson, a hat trick and a helper against Reggie Lemelin. The Oilers beating the Flames 6-4 at the Olympic Saddle Dome in Calgary. Wayne Gretzky with a goal and four assists as well. Now, can the Oilers manufacture that kind of effort tomorrow night? We have to tune in and find out. Coverage starting at 6.30 tomorrow evening between the Oilers and Calgary Flames live from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. And then an 8 o'clock puck drop, Cam Moon, Bob Stoffer on the call. No, that might be Jack back on the call. Another Saturday night game. Uh, at any rate, you will definitely hear live hockey tomorrow. Uh, we'll remind you as well, Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Why not dial one up and watch that game tomorrow? Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years now get a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Check me out, y'all. It's been a lot of fun. Nazir Jones will lead us into the sunset. Up next to Global News weather traffic updates, Thylene Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then Chet Afternoons with 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Brendan Escott here. So long, everybody. Happy Friday.